0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Just want to share some thoughts really uh, on kind of maybe some of your, how your journey's been, certainly how mine has been for a little bit. But I just want to thank some kind of, of people first. I don't know if you can see me, you can't see me any very much. No. i move that table for the next time, it's not very good. Otherwise you can end up with a, with a left-hand lean Monica. that's it, or a right-hand one. But if you've been praying for these last 14 months, even if it's just for a moment every day, or just maybe just a day every week, thank you for doing that. Prayer works. Prayer gets results. Prayer moves things. So thank you if you've been praying. If you've just been encouraging people, then thank you for doing that. Keep doing that. Encourage each other daily, the word says. And maybe for you, uh, like me, you found a whole new value of being encouraged. If you've been a texter, then well done. Thank you for texting encouragement, scriptures. Can I pray? Can I do this? Can I do that? Keep doing that. If you've been calling people, uh, and I don't know about you, but with us at home, uh, I learned that if, if a name came into my mind, I rang them. Uh, Back in the beginning of of the the whole lockdown period, I just texted them and it wasn't enough. So I said to the leadership team here, I said, right, if you get a name in your heart, just call them. Because there's something God is saying to you that maybe you need to say to them, even if it's just, hi, how are you doing? So if you've been calling people, thank you for doing that. Don't stop doing that. If you've been visiting people when that's been allowed, thank you for doing that. The number of food parcels, meal preparations, uh, volunteering, food, all kinds of stuff, which we don't have time to go into today. But a story has come out about what God has been doing over these last months. And I'm going to tell you some of what God has been doing. It will blow your mind. You ready to have your mind blown? Sure. I'll chuck this one out then. This was a survey that was done just two weeks ago. Let me get the numbers so I give you the correct information here. Where did I put it? In the last 12 months, so from April 2020 to April 2021, 12.5 million people have been on a church online service in the UK. 12.5 million people. That's a quarter the population. Of those, in London alone, 50% of 18 to 30 year olds have been online to a church service in the last 12 months. Come on, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Of those, there's been an increase of 15% of church growth in people that are 18 to 30 year olds. And I'm just chucking this out. I've got loads of stats. We don't have something going into now. Why am I giving you this? Because it's important for you and I to realise that God has been moving under the radar of what's been going on. Is that God has been as uh, moving under the radar of the whole virus, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it, and whether you're for it, against it, confused by it, is God isn't confused and God has been moving. And God continues to move. Just in these last couple of Sundays, and I don't know what it's like today because I'm here, which is a blessing. But the first Sunday that we had person to person in Horsham two Sundays ago, there were 62 people there and 10 had never been to church before. Last Sunday, there were 75 people there and nine had never been to church before. I think that's pretty good. So don't let your circumstances or your home or your household or your workplace or your furlough place, don't let them tell you that God isn't moving because God is moving. And God continues to move. But it's not an accident that we started off in-persons uh, right across all the four congregations today on Pentecost Sunday. About a month ago, um, I was just spending some time in my study um, at home, which has been a, a real blessing, actually. Um, it was a playroom. that was a study and a playroom. <laughs> it's cool. But I was kind of just in there and had a moment with God. And I don't know whether you know what I mean by that. It's, I wasn't kind of doing anything sp- specifically spiritual. I was just kind of aware of, you know, God was wanting to say something. Uh, he was wanting to share something, uh, which is not um, kind of unusual because I'm used to God doing that. But there was just a sense of, yeah, you know, I really need to write this down really need to take note of this. And I got my iPad out, and I was just about to type as I felt the Lord speak to me. So this was the 18th of April, so it was about a month ago. And i just read what God has said to me. So God has been preparing his church in secret and is about to reveal it in public. A church that is clean and a church that is pure. A church of authority and a church of influence. A church which is obedient and a church which is determined, a beautiful and a dominant church, a church that is being revealed in society, into places of influence, into places of power and positions of authority. As you let my word dwell in you and my spirit overwhelm you, I will bring you into a new and spacious place. Places that I've been pre- preparing for you and a people. That I've been preparing for you. There will be a release of authority and grace, power and mercy, faith and love. Multitudes will see what I've been doing in your life and and will come to the wells of salvation. Wells which will flow with clear and refreshing water for the souls of many people, drenching the nations with my glory causing many to turn to me. Now that may mean something to you, that may mean very little to you, that may mean nothing to you. But I'm going to paraphrase that down into one statement and it's this one. Over many months I've been meeting up with different leaders, some here, some nationally, some internationally, and there's a common thread which is coming out of these questions these conferences these online zoom calls anybody zoomed out yet so i've moved from zoom to room that was good thank you rory i'm glad rory's got it i've moved from zoom to room this is a room but here's the question here's the statement which is this for too many times a christian especially christians particularly christians we've been saying or asking how much of the holy spirit do i have And then there's been a whole theology about it. Is it a little? Is it a lot? Is it something? Is it nothing? And it's the wrong question. I believe the question that, that God is asking you and me today is not how much of the Holy Spirit do I have? But how much of the Holy Spirit has me? Andrea's not here now, but she she sent a little picture the other day, which I've seen loads and loads and loads of times. Uh, it is talking about an optimist and a pessimist. A pessimist sees that the jar is half empty, an optimist sees that the jar is half full, but I believe it's overflowing. I don't have the picture here, otherwise you, you kind of really, really get it because it's a good picture. But I believe the question that God is asking of all of us as part of this church, certainly, whether we're here today or whether we're watching online, because people, people are, is not how much of the Holy Spirit do you or I have, but how much does he have me? How much is he in charge? How much is he leading my journey? How much is he influencing my language? How much is he affecting the way that I think? How much is he uh, changing the way that I do things? Because we're in a season now of coming into the public. But what's that going to look like? It's going to look like the book of Acts. It's going to look like um, Acts 1 where Jesus said, remember we're kind of in this theme, we're in this season of Jesus said, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. What does a witness do? A witness tells and shows what he has seen or what she has seen. And I believe we're in the season of being a witness. We've got an amen over there. I have no idea what's going on over here. Well, it's a season where we can be a witness. But in the context of how much does the Holy Spirit have me? How do I be a witness? By witnessing to Jesus. How can I do that? By letting the Holy Spirit do it for me. That's why we're all logged into to, uh, Soul Winner Boot Camp. Because it's just practical, empowering training so that it makes you and I much better at just saying, who do you think Jesus is? Because I've lost and you would have lost, maybe literally, maybe you'll know people. I've lost too many people in this last 14 months that I, I don't know whether they knew Jesus or not. And I can faith it out and say, well, I'm sure that they did. Or I can know. So as a conviction within my own life, I, I don't want people to spend any more days than they need to not knowing who Jesus is, because time is short. Wherever, however old you are, whether you're an old or a young person, is I want you to know that Jesus loves you, he died for you, he's prepared to exchange your rubbish life for his amazing one, he's prepared to give you a whole new future and a hope, which you don't deserve, but he's going to give it to you as a gift. How do, you, how do you get it? By faith. How do you get it? By knowing that you need it. How do you get it? By saying, Lord, I want to live for you. Please live in me. And he wants to do that to everybody today, whether you know Jesus today or not. Why? Because it's not about how much of Jesus I have. It's about how much of Jesus has me. This is good preaching. I've not preached really for about 12 months. So I've got loads stored up. So you're in, you're in for it. Do you know what I mean? But Jesus says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll receive power to be my witnesses. It is a thought. How many of you want to see more of the power of God? Yeah, right. Then witness more. Because I believe there is a part of the power of the Holy Spirit that only works when we are sharing our faith. Come on. There is something in the Holy Spirit that only operates when we're talking about Jesus. I think, we think the Holy Spirit has to do something to me. No, the Holy Spirit already has. Now he wants to do something through me. So please, don't try and find the power button that says off or on. Because there isn't one. If you know Jesus, he switched it on and broken the thing. It's on, keep it on. It stays on. Woo! It's just a bit too preachy. Because Trump says, I can't see your faces. I'm just going to keep preaching until we leave. Hallelujah. But in Acts 1, it says, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Because this power is going to change you. It's going to change how you see. It's going to change how you speak. It's going to change how you move. You're going to be a witness. You will be a witness. I think we're wired to witness. If you know Jesus today, you're wired to witness. How we witness, partly it's up to you but if the Holy Spirit's got you, man, you'll want to. You'll want to. I love it in Acts two fourteen. you've got the upper room experience. And it's a little bit like we've all come through. God took us to somewhere where it was all under the radar. We don't know exactly what was going on for those 10 days. We can kind of guess. We can summarize. All we know is it was at a time of preparation for God to position people so that he could do something new. Extend that out to 14 months and I believe it's the same kind of thing. God has been using you, using me, whether you know God or not, to prepare us for today. Under the radar, in secret, in our world, in our household, with our challenges, whether it's been physical, emotional, mental, all of those things, it's been all in the secret place and the only one that's known about it is God. But he's been preparing us for today. And I love it where Peter, he comes rolling out of this, this upper room thing where everybody's like they've been drinking all night. It's random, it's reckless, it's not religious, it's probably irreligious, it probably would offend most of us. It's like the guys are alive, they're buzzing, they're shouting, they're singing, they're dancing. But that's what people look like when the Holy Spirit's got them. And I love this. It says, Peter stood up. You might read that a thousand times and think, what's the point of that? You try standing up when you've drunk. You try standing up in a crowd of thousands of people and being the one person everybody's listening to. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. You try standing up in the workplace saying, actually, I'm a Christian. I don't agree with that. You stand up in your school, in your college and say, well, actually... I was taught differently. Some, At some point, we have to stand up. We have to stand up and say, okay, I'm not going with the crowd because I know Jesus. And I'm sorry, but I'm just not wild like that anymore. But Peter stood up and he said it raised his voice. What does that mean? It means that when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he enlarges your voice. Doesn't mean you have to go around shouting and going at. No, no. He just makes what you what you say sound bigger. Is making some sense to you? It's not that you have to get all shouty. It's just the Holy Spirit adds volume and context and weight to your words. In fact, it's my view that sometimes we say a lot more by saying less. Because if the Holy Spirit's got my life, then he's got my words. It said he stood up and it said, you know, listen carefully to what I say. That's Acts 2. Then in Acts 3, he's he's walking to church. He comes past this guy that's been backwards and forwards every day for at least 30 years. How do I know that? Because he's called a young man. That's a lot of days. Every day. 10,000 days. Every day. Can't walk. Beggar. Can't walk, beggar. Goes goes in one condition, goes home in the same condition. But this day it changed. This day he never knew what was going to come. This day he never expected to walk home or run home. He expected to go home the same way he'd come for 10,000 days before. But this day he met someone filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe for you and for me, we're going to meet people like that that have just done life the best they can, they struggle through, they made it work the best they know how, but then suddenly they meet you. So many knows Jesus, someone where the Holy Spirit has got room to move. And it says, Peter, and, Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give. There is something I believe that God has been doing in the secret place, which has to get translated into you and I, I being generous in giving it away. You've got to give it away. The struggles that you've had, give it away. The victories that you've had, give it away. The things that you found out about God, give it away. The things that you found out about you, give it away. There's a generous thing going on here. I love it that Peter isn't just filled with the Holy Spirit, but he's given totally to it. It's like, yeah. Just use me. Just use me. It's not about how much of the Holy Spirit do I have. Nobody's had a Pentecost before. One of the first. Woohoo. No one's smoking tongues like me before. Woohoo! No one's had their own little Bunsen burner on their head before. Woohoo! No one's been blown around in a woohoo. He didn't say any of that. He lived it. He didn't say, look at me. What he said was, look at Jesus. <laughs> and this is the season that we're in. Whatever our 14, 15 months has been like, and I have no idea. What I'm saying is, now it's not about look at me. It's about look at the one who saved me. Look at the one who supported me. Look at the one who sustained me. Look at the one that guided me. Look at the one that healed me. We got a stackload of people, testimonies of how Jesus healed them in his last months. We got down at the moment. His cancer's on the way out. It's already half the size. It's going. It's going. As, a, as an individual who was, there's an individual that Jesus met with them. They didn't know whether it was daytime or nighttime. Jesus just said, "Breathe," and they did. And you might think, "Well, that's a bit random, a bit basic." Yeah. Except that when they were back in the general ward, the doctor said that night we were about to switch you off, but you started breathing. Now that freaked me out. But well, that's what Jesus can do. Jesus wants to use you. He wants you to stand up, be a voice. Acts 4, it says this. Peter and John will be questioned and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke to rulers and elders. I, I believe... As we move forward, God wants to position you in the school. Actually, he wants you to have a place to speak in your schools, not just with your mates, but into the school. That you, When you go to school, pray for your school before you start the classes. Pray for your teachers before you start your school. Because if you know Jesus and you're one of our young people here, God wants to use you like that. Don't wait until you're an old person. Don't wait until you're the same age as your mum or your dad for God to use you. Use you now. Be used now. Pray now. Believe God now. Expect God to do a healing through your life today. Not when you're 20, but now. Because he will. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't respect age. Or the colour of your skin. Or your gender. He just comes to those that want him. He just comes to those who want him. Then Acts 4-9, it says, if we've been called into account for today for an act of kindness, shown to a man who was lame, I I believe as we move onwards from here as church, as Christians, wherever we're from, wherever our household, wherever our Jerusalem is, God's going to deliberately cause you and I to cross paths with people that are lame. What I mean by that is they're just walking with a limp. They're walking through life with a limp for whatever reason. They're hurted or they're, they're sorry or they're sh- ashamed or they g- whatever. They've just got a limp. There's just something about the way they walk which just slows them down. How many of you know God wants people to walk properly, fully, completely? Right. But he's not going to use you or I or even himself as a crutch. You see, this guy had a crutch. Been going backwards and forwards for 10,000 days. He... He had a crutch. But he left his crutch at the gate beautiful that day. Because he found not a crutch, but someone to transform his life Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So, how many of you want the Holy Spirit? Yeah, we all say yes. Yeah, of course we all say yes. We all do. Because you'll think, you might think that I think you're a bit of a funny person if you don't say yes. But here's the other question. How many of us are going to let the Holy Spirit have a life? Because that's the question. I would expect everybody in a Christian setting, whether you know God or not, to say, yeah, I want the Holy Spirit. But the question isn't, how much of the Holy Spirit do I have? Because I woke up this morning full of the Holy Spirit, according to my Bible and my experience. But man, I've spent this morning saying, Holy Spirit, use this. Holy Spirit, take that. Holy Spirit, I'll give you this. It's that bit that I believe God is interested in. He loves you. He died for you. He rose from the tomb for you. He's ascended into heaven as he's praying for you right now, whether you know God today or not. But I tell you, he wants to use your life powerfully. He wants you to speak into the crowd. He wants you to stand up where people won't. He wants you to heal the lame people. He wants you to open up the ears of the deaf and the eyes of the blind. He wants you to bring peace where there isn't any, hope where there isn't any, healing where there isn't any. He wants to use you to do that. Amen. Let's all stand up, shall we? We're allowed to stand up. Just not allowed to run around the room. But again, if you want to, and this is your choice, all right, there's no forcing here. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit afresh, that's fine. Because my Bible tells me that everyone that asks receives. All I'm going to say is before we ask for the Holy Spirit, just make sure that we're surrendered. Surrendered. Don't try and quantify what it is that you want to surrender. Don't say, well, I'll surrender this attitude or surrender that attitude. Just surrender yourself. That's, that's the quickest way to do it. It's just give yourself to Jesus right now, whether you're standing or sitting or whether you're a young person or an old person. Don't go through. Well, I'll, you know, I'll give you my finances and I'll give you the t-. No, no, no. Just give yourself. Just give yourself. Say, Lord, here I am, and I'm yours. I'll give my life to you. I'll give you everything. Because when we give him everything, he gets everything, right? (laughs) And if we're sincere, and I believe we are, he he has everything. We don't have to then go through a list of shopping. But no, Lord, I'll give you everything. Give him my life. i surrender my all to you. Become my life afresh in a new way. The one that leads the one that rules, the one that reigns. I surrender my everything. Surrender everything that I am. Everything I think, everything I do, everything. Everything that I am, I surrender it to you. And Holy Spirit, I want to thank you right now. That as you're being poured out right now, you come to these clean vessels afresh. These surrendered vessels afresh. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come and fill and overflow every life without measure. The Bible says that those that are sent, those that go on witnessing, those that go on this mission, those that go on this journey, like Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit without measure. What does that mean? It means without end. It means without limit. So Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. You just keep coming. You just come and you just keep coming. You just keep coming. You just keep coming. Like the widow with the jars. She just kept bringing the jars. It only ran out when the jar ran out. <laughs> you just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep receiving, right? Whether you're standing, or whether you're sitting, just keep receiving the Holy Spirit. Let him love you. Let him heal you. Let him touch you. Let him change you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Spirit of all wisdom, Spirit of grace. Thank you, Lord, that you're coming on people right now. Come and speak into our hearts. Come and speak into our lives. Thank you, Lord. 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 Spirit of faith, I thank you that you're coming and depositing faith into our lives fresh. Remember, it's not about how much of the Holy Spirit do you have, but how much of you does he have. And as we go on receiving these next few moments, it might be that the Holy Spirit says, actually, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want to use that. I want that. Give that to me. Now, he's loving and he's kind and he's very compassionate. He doesn't rip things out of our lives. He just loves us into giving them to him. So, Father, I want to thank you right now. Anybody here that doesn't know you personally, whatever our age, whatever our experience, whatever our colour, whatever our gender, I thank you that, Jesus, you died once for all. And I thank you that you love us. You gave your life for us. I thank you that you want to touch every life in this room. Thank you for the the lives. Out, that's just what's going on outside this room. We just thank you that you touch those lives afresh right now, with your healing, with your deliverance, with your peace. You can just begin to pray. You're allowed to pray, even with your mask on. Don't stop your praying. Let's just pray. Let's just have a conversation with Jesus right now. Thank you, Lord.